Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Nerd Culture Podcast, this very special episode. I say that a lot, but every episode is special. Uh, not only do we have our, our regular crew members, Young Bo. What's up? Young Bo over here, <laughs> the side of the pond. The other, <laughs> the other side of the pond, this guy. Uh, and and uh, lovely Crystal. Slowly waking up. <laughs> Damn you in those time zones. I know, bloody time zones. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, we also have just a very, very special guest, uh, Mr. Greg Bo Watson. Yay. Hello everyone. <laughs> How are you all? <laughs> it's awesome. So Greg Greg is a uh, is a, a very celebrated artist and uh, appeared on ECN uh, a few episodes back. And uh, because I listened to ECN, I, I just I remember was just, we had him first. Yeah, NC uh, ECN had <laughs> him first. Enough I, let's... me to go around. Stop fighting, kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ECN exclusive. He loves us more. No, that is true. <laughs> and I approached him to appear on our show. That's right. I steal ideas from ECN on a regular basis, and uh, and uh, he was gracious enough to be on. So, uh, thank you very much for being on, Greg Bro. Oh, looking forward to it. Glad to do it. Glad to be here with you guys tonight. Can I say how it really went down? I hope I'm not uh, blowing the fourth wall out too far here. But it was kind of like it was kind of like uh, David was like, "Who was that guy you guys had on the show, Greg Bo Watson? Um, let me see what he's done. Oh wait, no." No, I love this guy. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll talk to him. I love it. We'll, uh, see if we can come on the show. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, that is how it went down. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the problem with that? That guy. Oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, I love that guy. That guy. <laughs> I'm changing my name to that guy. That guy. So I'm going to sign on my work from here on out. Talking, talking about your name, Greg, bro, we've just, we've, I've, I've got to bring it up. I apologize if this is uh, uncouth, but is, what is the origin of your name? Oh, no worries. This It's, it's a little interesting story. <laughs> a little bit funny. Um, my parents uh, gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, honestly, I researched it and everything else, and, you know, it was on my birth certificate, so, I mean, I just kind of, yeah. after that, I had to go with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, with, uh, I was in a church group, uh, First Baptist Church, when I was uh, in junior, early junior high, I guess, and we went on a uh, church uh, uh, retreat, uh, some kind of a summer camp, so to speak, and uh, again, this was back in the mid '80s, I guess. So uh, my hair was about down the middle of my back. <laughs> uh, the '80s. Oh yeah, man. I was working out all the time, and uh, we're getting all kind of trouble up there. So I had actually um, stowed away some fireworks <laughs> and some ninja weapons and all kind of good little <laughs> stuff like that. Anyway, I got caught visiting uh, the girls' dorm when I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> visiting and. Yeah, I was visiting, visiting, just to make sure they were okay. That's fine. You know, He's doing your civic duty. That's exactly right. You know, <laughs> been a gentleman. So anyway, uh, I get back, and uh, the youth leader had already gone up because the movie Rambo was out at the time, and drew a cartoon, a picture of me on the board, all muscled out, long hair, with a ninja weapon in one hand, lighting the firecrackers, and then it says Greg Bo raiding on his big mission to the girls' dorm, and it stuck. <laughs> Ever since, and uh, you know, in my hometown, you can stick your head out the window, a small town, and you can stick your head out the window and say, uh, "You know, Greg Watson." No, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> All you have to say is Greg Bow, and they're, "Oh yeah, I know that guy." Oh, I know that guy. That, that guy. guy. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's that guy. Hey, it's better than my childhood nickname. Run, run, it's him. 
yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Great. Well, that is awesome, man. <laughs> so over, over the years, I've used it and signed art and uh, everything that way, and uh, so now that's my name. <laughs> that's cool, man. I wish I wish my name was a little bit more exciting, but no. Dave Bo just doesn't work. Dave Bo. <laughs> Dave Bo. <laughs> Dave, Dave and Bo. It's Dave Bo. I mean, I, I mean, the, bro, the, the, bro, the bromance between Dave Bo and I is strong enough as it is. If I start calling myself Dave Bo, the people are going to yeah. start talking. It'll start getting creepy, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, that's, but I'm cool with it. So, I can't um, be Bobo, though. So, Bobo. <laughs> Bobo. Like a clown. <laughs> well, you just have to start dressing different. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If I get a lot bigger shoes, some makeup tips. <laughs> well, you know what they, you know what they say about big feet, though. Yeah, big shoes. <laughs> <laughs> big shoes. Shoe size. So, uh, so uh, Greg, Greg, not, not only is it really exciting to have you on the show f- uh, just because you're awesome, but also because uh, it's a it's a special moment for you. It's also your thirtieth birthday tomorrow. Yes, I actually, uh, you got that wrong. You advanced me in years a little bit. I'm going to be twenty three. <laughs> what? Hey, so I'm kind of like you're I, younger than me, but you had longer hair than me. Just thirty, so old. I got a DeLorean for uh, one birthday, and so now you know I can just go back any time I want. I, I, I'm actually I'm turning forty two. Wow, really? really? Can you believe it? 42. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. No. Well, there you uh, go. That's guessed. awesome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, just think oh, about it. Yeah, we got you again. Teenager in the 80s. That is so wonderful. How cool. I just got a cake. Of course, Junior is grabbing it now. And he's walking around like a combination of the Grinch and Monty Burns. <laughs> awesome. So thank, so thank you very much to both for uh, organizing the, the cupcake. And I hope you enjoy thank it. Thank you Greg so much. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, but I don't know how much it'll be uh, split in half in, in Australian dollars, but I'll send you a bill. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I'm happy to pay for all of it. It's, uh, yeah, so yeah, th- thanks very much. It's, I mean, it's, it's actually tomorrow. Yeah, your birthday. You got any, yeah, big, actually, any big birthday the last plans? May May thirty first. Uh, yeah, I got some big birthday plans. I'm going to be uh, uh, doing comic pages all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. I, same thing. I do everything every day. Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, we're the world because <laughs> we're in Australia. We're actually in the future. So that, as of yeah. as of our time zone, it is actually already your birthday. Oh, oh well, yeah. I didn't think about that. There so, you go. No DeLorean needed down there, right? <laughs> so happy birthday, dude. Yes, Thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. I really do. So Gregor's, Gregor's going to stay on for the whole show, which is awesome. Uh, and before we, we go into that, we're just going to do some uh, some questions, some interview style. The, the standard MTP treatment. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. That's, that's how we treat our guests with love and respect and the lots of degree. questions. <laughs> third degree. Awesome. That was so much funnier than my one. Ah, oh, man. Damn it! I'm up. <laughs> so, uh, so Greg, so, so you're a digital artist and illustrator. Correct. What is the difference between those? Well, you know, a digital artist. I mean, you could do as long as you're doing art and you're doing it digitally, you can be a digital artist. But uh, an illustrator, I mean, you're taking somebody's idea, somebody's story, uh, most times a story, and you know, giving your unique, using your art skills to give a unique voice uh, to the idea or the story put in front of you. Awesome. I, I, I was just, I was very curious to know what the difference was. It's an excellent definition. It is an excellent definition. So uh, you're, best right. known, you're best known for your works on the Elsewhere, uh, Savannah Ghost Tours, Bad Seeds, and of course your work at Xenoscope on Wonderland, Down the Rabbit Hole, and the Holiday Special. And That's correct. As an artist, you, you work in, very, in different mediums. So as you just discussed, the, the digital, digital art and also illustration with, with, I assume, pencil and ink and stuff like that. Um, right. Could you, do you have a particular favorite medium? Oh goodness! Um, 
I, you know, I always end up going back to pen and ink. Um, I, I love painting and uh, doing the color. And when I paint, I'm kind of back and forth. It, it, it With me, I'm classically and traditionally trained as an illustrator. I mean, long before there were really good enough digital tools to be able to for anybody to be able to call yeah. themselves a digital artist yeah i mean they could call themselves that they'd just probably be locked away <laughs> in the nut hut but other than that for, with painting i probably have to go i go back and forth between watercolor and uh acrylic it, it really just depends to me what, what i do is one when, when either when i'm coming up with an idea that i'm where i'm working on something for myself or if i have a script or a piece of artwork that's been commissioned by somebody, I try to look at what the feeling is going to be. And in order to illustrate, you have to get the whole idea across and you have to use every tool at your disposal to get that across. So depending on what the, you know, if it's something scary, I'll go with like some, you know, real moody washes, like watercolor, or I'll make it real rough and scratchy with acrylic. So it just really depends on what the mood of the piece is going to be. Yeah. I imagine there's some like, uh, drawbacks and positives to digital as opposed to like physical like if you try a wash or something you make that decision and you don't necessarily like it in a physical form that means starting over in a lot of cases absolutely but uh, in digital can you just you know, what, what's, what's the process as far as going backwards command z yeah, <laughs> Control Z. Well, oh, it's no, actually, you're an I mean, Apple guy. I, I'm an Apple you're guy. You're an Apple guy. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Hey, for yeah. the Apple guy. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm actually, I'm actually surrounded by you know incredibly talented people here. I mean, I've got, uh, I mean, I've got my, my wife is an artist and uses. She also uses Mac, so you found a found a fan there. Um, awesome. And uh, and of course yourself, Greg Bro, and Bo as well is is an artist as well. So so between you guys, I mean, it's what. Crystal and Bo, the sort of question, so do you sort of go with that, with what with uh, Greg Bo was saying? I'm sort flipping of? all my artwork yeah, over. Yeah, I don't want Greg about, well, see, I was about to say, because uh, sitting over here behind him in the studio, he's got a drawing table, and he has this piece of artwork he's working on, and I, I asked him about it, you know, when I came in the door. I thought it was pretty cool, and I was going to comment on it, but before yeah. I could even formulate the words, he was already over there. Throw some praise Bo's ways. He's, he, uh, he gets a bit nervous about it but he's actually is quite good so Bo, you, yes. gotta, you gotta relax dude <laughs> but uh, I, and, I told him that the last time i was yeah. here thank you next question <laughs> and it, it, awesome. i don't like people seeing it before it's at least at a point where i'm happy with it yeah but, but usually that's when it's finished <laughs> yeah. Greg, do you let sort of other people see your work before it's completed before you're actually fully happy with it or is it that sort of classic artist never really happy with the final final product Keep tinkering. A little column A and a little column B, because when when you're doing it professionally, you kind of have to let people look at it yeah. as you're yeah. going along. Because, like for example, either I'm doing, you know, some of the breakdowns or the pencils or thumbnails or what have you, depending on what I'm working in, whether I'm doing, uh, you know, traditional illustration or comic illustration. Um, do I like to? No, I do not. But yeah, you know, being a professional artist, I mean, I, you know, I have to. I mean, so I, I've, over the years, I've been doing this a while, so over the years, I've kind of gotten used to it. I post yeah. like some things I'm working on while I'm working on them. I post them online. I also had to get used to because uh, I love doing comic conventions and meeting people and going out and doing personal appearances and whatnot. And when I'm doing that, I'm I'm sketching live, and I used to be a lot like you, will. Believe it or not, I used to. It used to just cripple me with fear. Really? I mean, I was like in the fetal position. Yeah, I mean, I just, it was just something about it. But then you just have to kind of break through that zone. It's like if you're earning your living that way. Um, so when you were talking about your, your sort of your illustration work earlier, you were talking about sort of like the dark 
twisted sort of sort of stuff. Right. Uh, my I mean, my favourite works of yours are about the Bad Seeds project uh, and oh, okay. and your Xenoscope work, and that definitely is sort of dark and twisted sort of a. Uh, it's, and it sort of varies between Bar- Bad Seas is sort of more cartoony sort of stuff, whereas the Xenoscope Wonderland stuff is just you know, sort of classic sort of comic book sort of stuff. And, 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 it's, all, and it's all kind of twisted in, in its own ways. It's, do you have a sort of a, a favourite work and then sort of expanding on that, uh, the sort of classic artist question is, uh, where do you get your ideas from? <laughs> <laughs> do I have a favourite work? Yes. Whatever I finished last. <laughs> Cool. Most recently, that you know, awesome. I mean, I mean, really, um, and I, I tend to when I finish something, if, if I can, like, I, like I said, especially in comics, comic, comics move so fast, um, you know, you really can't sit on something. But uh, if if I'm doing a traditional illustration and I have a little bit more time, what I'll do is I'll usually put it up for a day or so and come look at it with fresh eyes because, yeah, you know, as an artist, we're sitting there and Bo, you know what I'm talking about. You, you as you're doing it, you uh, sit there and you see every mistake. Mm. that you make you know yeah. I mean Crystal you know what I'm talking about right yeah yeah. yeah. It's, it's a fear of all of us a fear of putting a mark on the paper yeah absolutely because that um, mark could end up being wrong yeah. mm. well I mean there is the eraser you mean, you can, you can, <laughs> well, yeah but, but, or, or, or again back to command control or slash control Z, control Z, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll just go with the whole Z thing like a nifty Zorro <laughs> type yeah. thing I guess more than anything I want to make sure the story is told correctly yeah uh, whether it's the writer's vision, a studio's vision, or my vision. With me, story comes first, which you know, goes back to the whole difference between an artist and an illustrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, do, do you have a preference, what, what, you prefer, what you sort of get more excited working on? Probably, yes, yeah, probably, probably the comic style, but I, I guess because I've worked at that for so long. Mm. But, I, but I do love the freedom. Of being able to get in there and be very expressive with, like, you know, with my Bad Seeds characters. Yeah. I mean, I was just able to, I mean, if I wanted them to have a two-ton head, I could give them a two-ton head. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A third eye, go right ahead. Not a problem. <laughs> with that style, I can worry a little bit more about capturing, I guess, the mood and the feel and flavor of the character instead of also having to worry about all those uh, nasty, naughty little things about anatomy and everything else. Because I can kind of, you can budget a little bit. Yeah. Especially dealing with the concept of Wonderland. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you, you, it was so cool because, uh, you know, Raven and Pat, uh, whenever I get a script from those guys, I mean, it was always something just off the hook. Yeah. So, you know, as an artist, I mean, you can't ask for anything more when you're getting a script like that because, I mean, you're getting, you're literally getting to draw every little thing. I was drawing things like in a residential neighborhood. Yeah. One second, and then flip the page, and all of a sudden, the neighborhood's exploded and become Wonderland, and you've got a being in two little things, and Alice and the Jabberwocky running around. I mean, it's, just, it's crazy. <laughs> I love it. It's, and and how, how much sort of sort of input do you have yourself in sort of the Xenoscope sort of stuff? Like, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll give you an example. One of my favorite. I mean, I've got uh, down the rabbit hole here in front of me, and hey. uh, um, one of my favorite pages is the one where they're in the hospital and. You know, everything's just gone mad, and like the pills are running around with teeth and oh, yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. And then it's and it's got sort of child version of Alice with no face hugging the white rabbit. Oh yeah, that yeah. is just creepy as hell, man. I love it. It's awesome. Faceless Alice. Yeah, faceless Alice. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously Alice and uh, the other sort of characters need to look a certain way. But how much sort of input did you have on sort of the surroundings, like the pills with teeth and the brains on the wall and stuff like that? Well, what was cool is I mean, you you have a lot of input. 
Uh, Zenoscope's a great company to do that with because, uh, you know, it's just all about getting that best product possible out. And, you know, the script came over and it had a lot of that in it. And, you know, but they certainly encourage you to use your artistic vision. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the whole thing was to make this thing, the whole Alice experience, look as crazy and out there as possible. Yeah. So so it would be kind of weird to go, okay, now we're going to do Alice and we're going to make it crazy and weird, but nobody have any interesting ideas, okay? Yeah. <laughs> because only, well, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, it was pretty much, it was pretty much Katie bar the door, go wild kind yeah. of a thing, which was nice. And, and Alice obviously appeals to you, to your, to your sort of sensibilities. I mean, you, you like that. Oh, yeah. You, it says on your website that you're, you're a big fan of sort of like the gothic tales. I love the gothic tales. And um, my dad is an Appalachian storyteller. Um, and basically what that is for you guys across the pond is, you know, the Appalachia and the mountains and all that stuff around here. Yeah. You know, back in the old days, we didn't have cool things like the Internet and podcasts and stuff to entertain us. <laughs> so people sat around campfires and told stories. Awesome. And so I was raised on all those old stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, um, you know, the Jack tales, which is basically anything from, I mean, there's so many, gave birth to so many modern tales, it's, it's not even funny, but it's everything from Jack and the Beanstalk to Jack and the Death Angel to hmm. just all over the place. So um, I draw a lot of inspiration from that. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, do you uh, collect comics? I, I, I'm a huge comic fan. Anything, like, I mean, I love getting away. and it, it, I know this isn't much of a getaway, I guess, but I like going to the movies and watching a lot of the comic movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, stuff like that because uh, comic, you know, related movies and whatnot. Because uh, you kind of see it on the big screen and just kind of sit back. But um, most of my day is spent inside that world. So, so with the comics that you do get, when um, do you prefer physical copies or digital? It's it's kind of like I mean that's kind of like an argument for the ages right now, just because <clears throat> there's so many people and there's so many good arguments on both sides of the fence. Um, I love the digital because of the uh, portability. Mm. Uh, I can have it with me. Uh, you know, I can keep my whole library on my iPad or whatnot. Um, yeah. I love the way the light comes through on the reader and mm-hmm. just really makes the colors pop and everything. You know, I can zoom in if I want to, the whole nine yards. But I don't think digital comics is ever going to replace traditional comics completely because mm. what are you going to do? Go get your iPad signed? At a yeah. convention, yeah. you know? I mean, there's just something about the camaraderie of going to a comic book shop, too. Uh, you know, I mean, for somebody out there who's li- maybe listening and who's never been to a comic shop, you know, it's good. <laughs> They're it's, not listening to this show. Yeah, that's not what <laughs> I'm saying. This is a Joe Rogan experience right now. Anyway, you know, uh, it, it's kind of like, you know, on the Big Bang Theory. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's the camaraderie of sitting around and. Yeah, people arguing about who can beat who and who's yeah. better than who and what <laughs> company's better this month and you know how bad did DC screw up with the new Fifty Two and all kinds really of bad. different things. Where does yeah. that come <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's 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 just. I mean, I think that's one of the places that you know we as comic book fans like to get out and talk with other comic book fans about our passion and our love. So yeah, my my opinion on that is. Because it, it, it's come up, it's come up on this show a few times and on ECN a lot. Where right. I'm trying to switch from physical to digital, and it's because, like you're saying, I prefer the digital experience. Yes, like I, I prefer, but I don't want to live in a world where the physical doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And I'm worried that buying the digital will hurt the physical. 
Well, well, that's a good point. And see, in in my studio, all through my, all through my house, because my studio is in my house, all around the studio, all around the house. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, I'm starting a trend here. <laughs> so I'm a trendsetter. Everybody who comes says it looks like Planet Hollywood hit a comic book store and exploded. Mm. Because mm-hmm. I have comics and memorabilia, much like you do in here, Bo. It's all through the house, and I have all these old issues and, and whatnot, first appearances of X-Men mm-hmm. characters going all the way back and everything else. And, and awesome. they adorn my walls, and I, I get to, as I'm walking through the house, see things that I love. Mm-hmm. If it went all digital... You know yeah. how much it would be to have to buy an iPad for or sit there and wait for the on one of those. One thing you could compare it to would be um, would be music, obviously. So like yeah. we have the digital age of music we're in now. Hardly anybody buys any physical music anymore. You, right. you buy it digitally, and I love that. I don't miss CDs. I don't miss them whatsoever. But what we're seeing is this big resurgence of records. Yeah, um, people are buying records because, like you were saying, what do you take to get signed by the artist whenever you go to a show or something? Well, the mega fans, they buy the records. Well, and the collectability and stuff, too. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you're a, you're a collector from way back. So, what can you remember the first comic you bought with your own money? Daredevil. Yeah, it, it, it was Daredevil. Which, which Daredevil? Which Daredevil? Which, which Daredevil? Uh, it was during the whole Born Again. Awesome. Uh, really I mean, good. it really, it, yeah, I mean, uh, honest to goodness, uh, that, that, that's one book I would kill to draw, yeah. Daredevil. Yeah. And borrow yours? But the first one I ever bought with my own money. Um, I even remember what it was at. It was downtown Anderson. There was some like old timey store that had comics in the back, and I bought Green Lantern Mosaic number one. Cool. I read that issue. I never read another issue of that run, <laughs> but, <laughs> Which but is I good, remember buying that as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we got Daddy. We got Green Lantern. I've never ever bought a comic in my entire life. <laughs> okay, well then, we'll move on. I've, I've, <laughs> had, I've had comics given to me. Yeah. Uh, we had huge, Usually by me. Oh no! When I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in as a kid. Oh right, as a kid. I've had a huge amount of comics. But never ever. Well, when we were kids, we never really got much pocket money. When we did, yeah. it was a small amount. So we'd go buy a bag of mixed lollies or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which back in the good old days would last you for weeks. Well, it depends on who you who you're sharing them with. <laughs> that's well, that's true. I don't share I don't share my lollies with anybody. <laughs> uh, well, my, the, the first the first one I I mean I was like you I didn't I didn't have a lot of pocket money so the, the first comic I ever bought was uh, Amazing Spider Man two eighty nine. Oh so, wow! Yeah, which was the right. revelation of who the Hobgoblin was. And so mm. then I was like, I was stuck. I was like, well, this is magnificent. So now I've got to go try and find out the issues before it to find out what the whole story was about. Oh, you meant him with your mind pre-blown. I know, it was pre-blown. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, and then it, t- it turned out to not be true. That it wasn't really wasn't really Ned Leeds anyway, so it was cool. But, uh, yeah, great stuff. For one of the first ones, now the first big money, like, I mean, uh, the first actual comic like, for reading pleasure that I got, I think, was uh, Daredevil. But when... I, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, my grandfather used to take me on Sundays down to a little store. We used to call it the produce. And um, we'd go down there and he'd buy me a big old bag of candy and some, and some comics. Well, when I started getting big into comics and whatnot, uh, yeah, I was just like, man, yeah, the Punisher's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want Amazing Spider-Man 129. So I, so, I, yeah. so I went out and I went and got Amazing Spider-Man 129. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, I can't wait, you know, because they hadn't reprinted it at the time, you know. So, yeah. you know, I was like, I, I've got to read it. So, I mean, here I am, and I'm like, <laughs> real carefully going through the pages. I got to about page four before all of a sudden, you know, it was almost like deja vu, deja vu. It kicked in, and I could actually remember the sensations and everything from when I was a little kid. And I remember that was one of the comics 
that I had gotten from my grandfather. Oh, wow. That's cool. And I remember that back then, here I went and paid a bunch of money to get this thing now. Yeah. And I remember sitting on my grandmother's bed, eating like a whole thing full of candy, probably getting it all over the book. And then when I was done, just kind of tossing the book to the side. Yeah. Wow, that is awesome. I used to have that one hanging on the wall behind you, but I, I took it down, and, and I don't know how this happened, but somehow I took it down and put up spawn number one. What kind of weird blasphemy is that? <laughs> <laughs> We're no longer friends, but anyway, that's fine. <laughs> cool. Greg Brown, I mean, do you, ha- do you have any artists that you admire? Not necessarily just comic artists, but in, any artists in general? Sure. Besides me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you got to show uh, your work first, Paul. Yeah, that, that, that's, what, that's why I'm here, so I can get Bo's autograph. Uh, no, I mean, you know, I've got a lot of different influences. Uh, Frazetta, Bo sitting here saying, saying about Spawn, I, I, I liked what a lot yeah. of the image guys did in the 90s, uh, mm-hmm. particularly like McFarlane, uh, Greg Capullo, along those lines. Neil Adams, yeah. oh, of awesome. course. The essential and then, Batman artist. And then I also say Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, I just, I just really think he's just a really cool guy. Cool, all the way, all, all the way around. Jimmy Palmiotti. But how do you feel about Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> oh, you're gonna ask me how I feel about Lou Ferrigno live on the air. <laughs> We're not live. He can edit it out if you don't want to. Oh no, no, no! I, I'll go ahead and say. I'll go ahead and say. Loud and proud, Lou Ferrigno. You are a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Some sort of hidden story I'm not aware of here. So you've you've met Lou Ferrigno. Oh. Uh, well, I've, I've bumped into Lou Ferrigno for, uh, two or three times. Yeah. Uh, twice, me and Junior were down at Dragon Con in Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, both times, he was a jerk. Oh. And so I, each time, I'm the kind of person, and, and normally I would not say that about anybody live on there. Yeah. But uh, this guy's kind of earned it. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Even those first two, three times I bumped into and met yeah. Lou and stuff. And he was a jerk. I was kind of like, "Oh, Junior was done with him after the first time." Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the, the, the Carolina Crippler takes it. Carolina Crippler. Yeah. Oh, I know. He, he was like, he, just he put, suffers put no fools. <laughs> He's like, put me on him, Dad. So, but yeah, you know, uh, Ferrigno. Um, you know, I kept on saying to myself, "I'm like, I'm like, everybody. You know, everybody has a bad day. I don't know what was going on in his life that day. That you know, I'm trying to be good about it." Hmm. And then I like pump myself up, and then I'm like, well, I'll never have to see him again anyway. And then lo yeah. and behold, I bump into him. Yeah. And he's a jerk again. Yeah. Well, I was at uh, SC Comic Con, yeah. and, uh, you know, wonderful con. And those guys put on just the absolute greatest show. And, you know, I purposely stayed on the other side of the building from Lou. Because <laughs> Lou Frank was there. I'll just, I'll, I'll just put it this way. He, he, he was just, again, he, he went from being jerk super jerk wow I mean yeah he, he, was, he was just to a Hulk jerk it was incredible he was jerk a mania you beat me by seconds trying to hide the monster within yeah. <laughs> oh that's a shame it is, it's a shame when you when you, you meet the, the people that you admire and they turn out to not be yeah. <laughs> quite the people that you think well it's just it's just it's just the way he treated fans and it's just yeah. the way he treats people and I, I'm just going to tell you um, when I said Jimmy Palmiotti a minute ago yeah. Um, one of the things I learned early on is uh, back in the late 90s, um, I bumped into Palmiati up at uh, Heroes Con. Cool. Yeah. And uh, it, was a lot, it was the end of the day. It had been a long day signing stuff, and I was, I was a little independent at the time. And uh, he just went out of his way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, were, we were going up, and, and I watched how he dealt with his fans, and I still see how he does you know, with his fans and stuff. And, and that's, just, that's just a really big inspiration. Yeah, that's I've, awesome. I've heard I've heard good things. He's, uh, he seems like a cool dude. 
um, you, you mentioned uh, earlier, it's like a whole bunch, a bunch of cons that you've been to, and then how you like really like interacting with your fans, which I, which I think is one of the one of the main things that I respect about you is just how open you are with your fans. Uh, so in in May alone, you attended uh, Free Comic Book Day, Spartan Con, and SC Comic Con. Did I did I miss any? No, not not for May. I'm going to yeah. be doing a Monster Con in July. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, it's, it's Monster Con. Where where is that? It's going to be in Greenville, South Carolina. Cool. Do you have a favorite fan moment from any of these cons? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, there's just too many. I mean, I, I actually said on I said on Twitter uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. I just put that. I mean, and I really do feel this way. I mean, I've heard all kind of people say about their fans, and oh, my fans are the greatest fans in the world. And I can see why they say that because I certainly feel that way about mine. When they come all the way out, uh, they come up and talk to me about a sketch, and you know, when when they get a sketch from me, and I've done a sketch from them in the past, and they're talking with me about it, and they're buying a print, and they're talking, oh, I'm getting this to match by the print, and and they'll send me pictures of uh, like when they get a print or a sketch framed and put up and yeah you know i always encourage them i'm like you know yeah sign up on my facebook join my facebook and you know, just cool. have a conversation with me if you don't ask me something mm-hmm. or anything like that that's fine because i guess that's what frustrated me so much i mean you know, when we're talking about lou frigg or somebody like that is because with me it's the fans that keep me doing what i want to do mm-hmm. yeah you know so i mean of course i'm going to go bend over backwards do whatever i can to facilitate them yeah god bless them that's awesome. Let's let's finish up now. We have a, a classic NCP question. It's patented, so Bo can't steal it. <laughs> hey, I'm on the crew now. <laughs> well, that, well, that's true. That's that's a good point. We'll be using we'll be using it together when we hit uh, New York Comic Con. Greg, bro, are you going to New York Comic Con? You know, um, you can ride with me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, I, I I've thought about it. I'm I'm doing Monster Con, and I'm gonna. I say that I say this. <laughs> and then as soon as somebody calls me up and asks me, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'll be there. But I mean, because I, I just hate turning somebody down. I mean, you know, when somebody yeah. asks me to come, because it's usually when I go to a con, it's usually I've been invited, yeah. and um, you know, there's just no way that I'll, I'll turn somebody down. Because you know, I've met some great people that way. But I, I told uh, Misty and Junior, I said, man, I said I've been doing so many concerts lately. I said I, I, I want to kind of chill. Yeah, take a break. I've got so much work on my desk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to try to at least make some headway through it. But if they invite you, <laughs> if they invite me, I'd, I'd, I'd be up there. Uh, we're throwing it I out would. there. New York Comic Con. Invite Greg Bros. <laughs> we could all be there together. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, so this oh, is we're going to start a campaign. That now. way we can. <laughs> that way we can split the hotel three ways. <laughs> that's what y'all are wanting. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I see through your little. I see through your uh, ruse. There's a plan, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're it's really exciting for us because we're we're going to go to because uh, I mean, we're in, we're in Australia as our listeners know, so it's our first time attending an American con, which is going to be huge, and uh, yeah, it's going to be mad. And we get to meet Bo, of course, the, which is that's a, a good one to go to. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be the first ever nerd culture podcast where both me. And David and Crystal are all in the same room. Yeah, it's going to be mad. All right, so anyway, so, so the, the, the ultimate NCP question. Are you ready? If you were doing this interview, what would be the one question that you would want asked? Hmm. It's always a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if I was doing this, what would be the one question? Okay, all right. I guess what I would say would be, like, if you could draw any comic character or any book, which book would that one be? Greg, if you could draw any comic character and like do a regular run on any comic, what would that be? 
Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. <laughs> Probably Daredevil. Uh, just because, uh, again, that goes back to uh, my origins of what really got me hooked on comics. But, uh, I mean, there's so many I would love to draw. But I, I just, I'm, I told somebody the other day at SC Comic Con, I was like, you know, she was like, oh, you know, oh, you must feel good sitting here and talking, you know, with all these people and everything and what you're doing. I said, yeah, I do. I said, but at the end of the day, after everything's said and done, I'm just the kid from the back of the classroom who likes to draw. Yeah. And Ooh. I feel lucky to be here doing it. So, um, you know, but yeah, if I, I, I'd love to have the chance to draw Daryl. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for that. Is, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get on with the rest of the episode now and uh, an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Gregor. I'm glad to do it. Cool. Awesome. So uh, next up, we've got pop culture news. And guys, we've just got a couple of uh, quick items. Uh, we won't spend too much time on the news, but this is uh, you know interesting stuff that's happened in the last couple of weeks. Batman versus Superman uh, officially gets a title, uh, Dawn of Justice, uh, which to me sounds pretty stupid, but uh, it does hint at the at the at the whole you know it's basically it's basically zero the zero issue of the of the justice league movie let's face it which is you know pretty it's a bit of a shame that superman doesn't get another standalone film but hey we got batman yeah that doesn't mean that one has isn't this going to be the, like, the first time they've ever been on screen together in a movie yeah it's the first time they've ever been on screen yeah. together and also it's the first the first movie uh iteration of Wonder Woman if you don't count the Lego movie that is which is awesome um, <laughs> that was awesome yeah. everything is awesome but uh, um, <laughs> but it's also but apparently you also get we're also going to get Cyborg uh, Aquaman and possibly uh, even Green Lantern yeah. where does Aquaman poop where does he poop Where does any superhero poop? I mean, like, what, like superheroes Superman, don't poop. <laughs> if Superman takes a dump in the second floor, it blows through to the first floor, <laughs> and that's why they don't show it. <laughs> it's like a, this is like a scene out of More Rats. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, some, some things should just be left to the imagination. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why I married you. But, uh, <laughs> that was a great question, though. What is Aquaman? Oh, yeah. I, I, I have to. I, I stole it from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, oh. fair enough. It's a Raj question. Well, there, there's so many questions I have about Aquaman, and I think on Bo all the time. Yeah. There's so many questions I have about Aquaman, so and you, that is never one that occurred yeah, to me. Yeah, it's never one you thought of. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys excited for uh, Batman versus Superman? Yeah, I am. I, here's the thing. I love Batman all the way across the board. I love Batman's villains. I love Batman's, you know, just everything about Batman. Superman, uh, not nah. so much. I, you know, I like some of his villains. I love Bizarro. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got some pretty cool villains. It's just, I think Superman was made, I mean, he's just worked his way over the years to where he's just too yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, it's almost like, you know, I got to the point where, you know, Superman goes, runs out and somebody's robbing a jewelry store and they turn around. Oh, look, geez, it is Superman. Hey. I'll pull out my kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was like, uh, come on. <laughs> I like yeah. Superman because of, you, you know, What do you think about uh, Ben Affleck as Batman? I'm a reserve judgment. When I heard Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker, yeah. I about screamed because I love the Joker so much. Mm. I was like, man, this, no, no, this is going to be horrible. That's a good point. And when I went and saw it, 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 it just blew my mind. So, I, I, you know, I'm not going to judge what he's going to do based off, 
you know, anything else other yeah. than what his performance is going to be. Because it, it could be great, or then again, it could be we could have another Green Lantern movie all over again. From. Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> you know? Yeah. My, uh, my response was Ben Affleck is personal friends with Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is so into Batman, he cries when he talks about Batman. Named his girl Harley. And named his girl Harley. And there's no way he's not putting him through Batman boot camp. Like, I think right now, Ben Affleck's learning how to be Batman oh, in rest Kevin Smith's bat- backyard. No, rest assured, he's got him chained to the basement. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and he, he, he's being made to watch everything except the Schumacher films. Yeah. But then, but then again, Kevin Smith gets flack for whenever he wrote Batman. And, uh, and it was terrible. Um, he said, oh, I loved it, but I didn't love it as a Batman book. I loved it as a Kevin Smith comic because the uh, dialogue just rang as like a Kevin Smith movie. Totally. Cool. Uh, they've, also, they've revealed um, a one of the alien creatures that is going to appear in Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, in a, They've got a special charity thing happening with uh, Star Wars where you can actually you can buy... Uh, certain sort of props and stuff like that and all the the charity goes to um, UNICEF I believe Uh, but there's also uh, an option where you can win a role in Star Wars let's face it it's not going to be one of the major roles you're just going to be in the you're just (laughs) going to be in the you're just going to walk past the screen or something but uh, in the in the promotional video for that, JJ Abrams is talking about you know how important it is to support the charity, and uh, just as a as a little comedy bit, you got uh, it's it's classic Spielberg. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's one of the aliens sort of walks past the screen and sort of they sort of look at each other and then they, they keeps walking past. And uh, my question would be because I, because I, I, I think anything that supports charity is great. Yeah. Um. But my question would be is uh you know because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. To get hold of any of that stuff that you just mentioned, yeah. how many generations of your firstborn? <laughs> well, <laughs> in I mean, the I, future, do you have to? Yeah. Do I don't want to. I don't want to bag on a, on a charity, but I, I checked out the 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 you know the, the prizes or the items or whatever you want to call them, and uh, they are hideously expensive. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense in the fact that you know part of, most of that money has to go to the charity itself, but. I don't know, I'm just thinking, if you bought them outside of the charity sort of option, they'd be a lot cheaper, like a hell of a lot cheaper. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and some of them, I mean, a charity of this type is probably geared towards, you know, people who are like crazy rich yeah, collectors and whatnot, but, it is more you know, type, I, yeah. I think that's how they, yeah, set this one up, but yeah, I mean, I believe in, you know, supporting a charity, of, you know, just in and of supporting a charity yeah when a star wars when star wars is hand, i mean it gets real yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> this is real. this is yeah this is real serious money so uh, be prepared uh, to spend the big yeah. bucks if you want the good stuff i mean because you got you know scripts signed scripts and you know prop replica oh, wow. lightsaber hilts and you know all that sort of stuff and plus also the chance to appear in the movie which is uh my god so it's a once in a lifetime sort of opportunity so it's pretty cool but uh, this alien, I just, I just wanted to talk about the alien because I think he's awesome. He basically looks like he's stepped right off the off the set of Labyrinth. Do you remember that movie? Oh yeah, Labyrinth. Yeah, awesome. He just he's basically this sort of junk seller. It's like he's sort of he's walking along. He's got all this stuff on his back, and he has this sort of you know sort of double take sort of look at JJ Abrams, and then walks off. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was an awesome ad. And all, I mean, like I said, I then immediately went to the website and started looking through. I was like, well, can I afford to bid on any of this sort of stuff? But, uh, which, of course, I couldn't. If I, if, I won the walk, if I won the part in Star Wars, yeah, I would be all set. I mean, yeah, I mean my, my head would be in the clouds. I'd get all the way up there. Seriously, I would get on there, and they'd hand me a Jar Jar Binks mask. <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> 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 These are out of here. 
They should have. They should have done that to mess with people in the video. The alien should have been a gungan. Oh, should have been a gungan. Oh, <laughs> You're totally right. Cool. Well, that's uh, that's the news. Uh, let's move on to our reviews. So we'll start with Bo, and he's going to be reviewing the World of Warcraft novel War Crimes. Which Bo? I mean, yeah, right. Original, <laughs> original Bo, not Greg Bo. Not cool right, Bo, the other Bo. <gasps> <laughs> the other one. Uh, the knockoff. <laughs> so last week I was talking, or the week before last, I was talking about War Crimes by Christy Golden. Well, I finished the book now, and... Um, it turned out really good. It had a, it had a really good um, it had a really good overall story. I like that it leads into the next expansion, um, which is really cool. Uh, one thing that I've found with World of Warcraft books is that I, I'm not so good at following the lore when playing the game. Um, so that's why I kind of like the books in between each expansion is because uh, I can kind of pick up more of the story than I did actually playing the game. Um, because whenever you're in a raid, whenever you're in like a raid guild. It, you know, you're focused on like getting valor, and are we gonna kill this boss? Skip the cutscene. Nobody watch this cutscene. We don't have time. Um, so, like, you know, it's it's nice being able to take in the lore, and not have to rush through it the way I do whenever I'm actually playing the game, which Ooh. seems weird because like it seems like I would be absorbing it while playing the game, not reading the book. But so last week I talked about how it's it's hard to follow if you're not already into the lore. I still think that is partially true. A lot of, a lot of the characters in the book, I actually had to kind of look up to see who they were and what their backstory was. It's a courtroom drama, by the way. It's a courtroom drama set in fantasy, which is which is really weird. Law and Order um, Warcraft? Doof, doof. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little weird, like it feels a little goofy sometimes, but based on the like based on the source material where we're at in the game, it makes sense because um, you know, Garage Shell Scream has just committed all these like war crimes and atrocities and there's one faction of people that want to uh, to kill him for it. And then there's another faction that, you know, wants to, you know, punish him in some other way or um, maybe even really rehabilitation. So, like, part of the book, I don't know whether they did this on purpose or not, but part of the book is kind of about, you know, the death penalty versus rehabilitation and, you know, whether capital punishment does encourage rehabilitation or whether it encourages, um, you know, continued uh, sort of crimes. I said last week, I don't know if you should read it if, if you don't know much about the lore, but I kind of take that back. I think this is a good way to catch up on the lore. Because they use that time travel device thing. I don't know what it's called, but they use the DeLorean. The, they use the DeLorean. <laughs> the same, the same um, it's a new mount in, in uh, uh, <laughs> it's a new mount that Garage drops from CJ Orgmar. No, uh, the, the new mount the new mount in, in the next expansion is that bloody <laughs> chopper from Azeroth Choppers, man. Yeah, it will be. It will be that is so lame. Anyway, moving on. So they use this DeLorean device to uh, to show you different events in Warcraft history. And it may be hard to follow at first because, you know, the first couple of times they do it, they don't really give you any backstory. You're just kind of like, well, who the heck's this guy? And he's, <laughs> he's prying over a, of a, of a dead drain eye. And, you know, what's the deal here? But once you kind of go through the first chapters, they go back to the same events multiple, multiple times. And so you kind of learn, you know, just throughout the book, um, all these different points in, in history of, of Warcraft. I hate to say this. Christy Golden, I'm sure, is a great fantasy writer. I don't mean I don't read many fantasy books, so compared to other fantasy books, it may be great. Um, but compared to like just other books in general, it's it's not really the best book in the world. Um, it's a little it's a little like young adult, like it's a little simple to follow. I think it was intentionally done that way. But you know, if I'm comparing it to like you know Stephen King or something, <laughs> you know, I can't give it a four out of five. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. But I give it a strong two out of five. We'll say we'll say. Th- 
almost three out of five. I can't um, write down almost three, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go. We'll go with two. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half out of five um, is what I give it, just because I really do think it's a good book. I just don't read many fantasy books. I don't know what to compare it to. Okay, that's fair enough. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our special guest, Greg Bell, and his review, and he's going to be reviewing the new TV show, Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. I actually, I love this show. I mean, long dead drawing, I get in there, and when I find something like this, I mean, I, I get hooked. And I have told everybody I know to start watching this show. I mean, it, it's real cool. It's basically, you know, it reminds me a lot, kind of like it's got a... I hate to say this, but I mean, it's, it's close. It's got a whole vibe of a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because it's got famous characters out of fictional history mm-hmm. interacting together. Oh, I see, yeah. And what's neat about it, though, with me in particular, is it's it's almost like the old Universal Monsters. Mm. Yeah, because you've got, like, Mina Harker, you've got references to vampires, and Dracula, and... Dr. Frankenstein, and, you know, there's starting to be little hints of the Wolfman here and there. And then, uh, of course, you know, they throw in Dorian Gray, which I'm not sure how he fits into the Universal mix, but I love Dorian Gray. Mm-hmm. You know, they went top-notch with, I think, the filmography's great. Um, you really get lost in it. You know, there's some shows you watch, and it makes you feel, you know, after you've watched a little bit into it, you know, no matter how good the series is there's a show or two that kind of maybe drags a little bit that hasn't happened yet they went really overboard with the actors and actresses they've got to come in yeah uh playing the roles i mean they've got uh timothy dalton bond you know Hmm. in one of them and josh hartnett billy piper from doctor who Hmm. is in there and um, you know, I mean, it's, it's it's just a really good show, and I don't like all that creepy feel anyway. Yeah. We all know I'm all Mr. Creepy, Dark, and Gothic. <laughs> and I'm also, you know, just not for nothing because of that. I'm very picky about my creepy and darky. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, you know, and and this really fits the bill. It, it, it's really good. So no um, sparkly vampires. No, no, no sparkly vampires. vampires. <laughs> I like I like how you mentioned the the Bond the Bond connection. You've actually got Timothy Dalton who played Bond, Eva Green yeah. who was in Casino Royale. And it's right. created by the writer of Skyfall. Now, I didn't realize that about Skyfall, so that's definitely another connection. But, mm. you know, I mean, the first time I watched it, like I was telling uh, my girlfriend and my son, I was like, man, we're going to be watching Penny Dreadful. Because I was all off base about what it was about. I thought yeah. it was going to be like a Tales from the Crypt type yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, telling little stories. Yeah, same here. Because, I mean, Penny Dreadfuls are the, you know, the magazines, the sort of the short yeah. type magazines that huh. came out in the Victorian age. And that's basically what they were, Tales from the Crypt type stuff. So that's what I thought was going to be, like an anthology thing. But I was totally, right. wrong. I was totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, and I had actually seen there were, they had made a movie, Penny Dreadful. Mm. And it was already out. So I went back and I was like watching it, thinking it was going to have anything to do with it. Are they related no, well, I don't think so because no, I was so excited yeah. for this series to start. And when I went and saw this movie, I was sitting there watching it. And I was like, having to make myself watch it, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh no, please don't let this yeah. be what this is going to. But I gave it a chance and I watched it, and I was ecstatic. It, it's really gothic. It's really cool. Um, definitely give it a watch and check it out. I'm going to have to. Yeah, it's definitely it's awesome. We're, we're three episodes in, and uh, I'm hooked. For rating, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, out of the first three episodes, I want to say five out of five. I, I awesome. really like what I saw. That's good. Cool. I, I just the other day was like trying to pick a show to watch, and it was one of the choices. I, I think Becca was like, "We should watch this show," and I was like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> 
I should have. I'm gonna try it out. All right, let's uh, move on to Crystal's review. Crystal's gonna be reviewing the book "Sometimes a Great Notion" by Ken Kesey's. Kesey. Cool. Kesey. Ken Kesey. How uncouth. Man. I'm sorry. I, I, I stuffed that up. Anyway, but I, I can't get names right. Anyway, it's from. It's the same author as "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest," which is also a great book. Uh, that I studied in year 12. I don't think you studied that in year 12, did you? No. No. If Cuckoo's Nest is a great book, sometimes a great notion poops all over Cuckoo's Nest. Like Aquaman. Like Aquaman. <laughs> Except we don't know where the poop goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, this book, uh, it's it's sort of a... Oh, it is, it's a family saga. It, it, it tells a story of the, the Stamper family and it's set on the coast of Oregon along the Wakanda River. And... Well, interesting that it's the river's kind of central to the book because it it it, it really it flows very well, um, and what I mean by that is it's, it's sort of you get different time periods of the family at least at the start like for the family sort of moving to the area and then it sort of jumps forward to the late sixties I think it's actually set in probably when it was written as well, and you've got the the main characters Hank. Is sort of the the man of the family running the family. You've got Lee, who's gone off to the big city and gotten an education, <laughs> and he's had to come back to help out the family. He said he's kind of your, um, I was going to say if he's not really a hippie, but he's sort of that sort of culture. Come back to 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 his sort of country roots, and you've got uh, Viv. I was going to say Lee, but uh, Viv- Vivian Lee. No, because because in the movie it's Lee Remick. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> um, so, and you've got Viv, who's Hank's wife, um, and you've got old Henry Stamper. Uh, but what I like about this book, and, and, and I'm reviewing this because I didn't really have anything else to review, and it's my all-time favourite book out of any genre. Um, cool. So it's sort of my fallback position. Um <laughs> <laughs> My fallback review. Uh, what I like about this book is it's the style it's written in. Sometimes it's written in uh, as a narrator. Sometimes it's in the first person, and it switches the point of view switches from character to character. Sometimes not only mid paragraph but mid sentence. And I know that sounds confusing, but it just flows so well, and you just get taken along with the story. You end up you're actually inside the story, and it's just a well, to use a '60s vernacular, it's a trip. <laughs> it's, a trip. <laughs> it's a bit of a trip. Um, it's a novel that I like to sort of escape into, and it's it's, it's not it's, it's not a fantasy novel. It's not a science fiction novel. It's just a straightforward family sort of saga. But every single character in it, um, you get inside every single character's head, and there's a multitude of characters, not just the main family. And you see from different points of view how life goes on in that town, the, the life of the town, the, the industry going on in the town. It's a, it's a logging town. And the countryside, it's just a great novel to sort of really sink your teeth into. So I'm going to do a bit of a spinal tap on this novel and amp it up. I'm going to give this a novel six out of five. <laughs> six out of five. Being, being is my benchmark was foundation and I gave that five and this is my all, all-time favourite, right. I'm going to give it six out of five. That's cheating. Look at you over there breaking the rules. Yeah, I think that's cheating a little bit. <laughs> hey, it's my show, dude. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> that works. Now we know whose show it really is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I, haven't, I haven't read it, but uh, I'm intrigued. You've mentioned it before, so... Oh, and, I'll and, there's, there's, and there's a film of it, so I probably just watched the film. Actually, they did, um, they did base a film on it called um, Never Give an Inch, and it stars Henry Fonda, Paul Newman, uh, and Lee Remick. 
That's pretty cool. As I mentioned earlier, I've, I've, I've never actually seen the film, so I don't no. know how well it holds up compared to the novel. So, but one of these days I might track it down. It's kind of been kind of hard to track down. Cool. So, just uh, one of the, the last review is going to be mine, and uh, I'm going to be reviewing the cartoon series Adventure Time. Now, Adventure Time was originally titled Adventure Time with Finn and Jake, and uh, uh, is an American series created by Pendleton Ward and is shown on the Cartoon Network. It's a huge success for the Cartoon Network, and. Uh, ridiculous ratings and reviews on the internet for it. It's just uh, sometimes goes a bit over the top, I think. But uh, the uh, the fan base for it is, is massive, and uh, they're very dedicated to it. As a cartoonist, it has voice work. The, the character of uh, Finn is played by Jeremy Sharder, uh, who is a human boy, and his best friend is a talking dog named Jake, who's voiced by John DiMaggio. Uh, who people would best probably best know as Bender from uh, Futurama. Bender is great. Bender is <laughs> awesome. Sure, baby, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah, the reason the reason I'm reviewing this is is, is a pretty is a funny story. Is I um, both um, uh, Jeremy and John were at uh, a con here recently. Kristen and I watched some episodes because we hadn't watched a single episode up until this point. So we watched a couple of episodes the other night, and that's why I wanted to review it because it's it's an interesting beast, Adventure Time. It, it's it's very much in the vein of sort of the Ren and Stimpy sort of style of cartoon. It's not, it's, it doesn't have much in the way of sense. Like, there's no... There's, it sort of it breaks its own rules quite often. And... Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and sort of... And the narrative, you know, sort of goes all over the place. And, and I don't know. And I, mean, I, I might just be an old man, but I sort of... I, I don't really sort of... I don't really gel with those sort of cartoons. I like my cartoons to actually... To not necessarily, they have to make sense. Like, let's face it, the the, the physical laws of the Looney Tunes cartoons are ridiculous. But they they, they, have anvils and holes that you run into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. but at least they're consistent. You keep running as long as you don't look down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you look down, you got to pull out a sign. You got to pull out a sign. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, jeez, that's a whole other conversation. The Looney Tunes, but. uh, um, But it's a so because it's in that sort of more rainy steeper vein, which I wasn't really a big fan of. I wasn't looking forward to it all that much, but. And and I sort of went after we we watched the first episode. Each episode only goes for like eleven odd minutes, and uh, the first episode it it doesn't bother to explain anything. It doesn't tell you who Finn is. Doesn't tell you who Jake is and their abilities and the world that they're in. It just doesn't really need to throws you into. But yeah, and and I guess but I guess it doesn't really need to do that. But I, I like that sort of stuff. I'm a bit of an old stick in the mud. And so the first couple of episodes <laughs> I was like. Yeah, I'm not really sort of getting into that. We eventually then got into the episode, uh, like four or five episodes in, called uh, the Echolidion or, or something, which is basically this magical book that Finn and Jake uh, sent on a quest to go and find, which then sort of explains the world a little bit more, and and, uh, and I really got into it. Like he was, was very excited. I was laughing like a lunatic. It was, it was a, a storyline that made sense to me because it's very much a classic D&D type of storyline, and, and that's basically what the show is essentially based on. Pendleton Ward and his friends sort of uh they don't have time to play D D anymore and so they, they create this show with the storylines that they would want to have you know do a D session on which is awesome the animation is uh is is kind of a mix of old school and sort of that sort of that new sort of 3d-ish sort of type look that it has and it just works beautifully this 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 cartoon is just so just beautiful in terms of the colors and sort of richness of detail and just and just how wacky it is but it just it's it's wacky in like a in a, in a cool you know not patronizing way i don't know it's 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 really it's, it's really really cool it's it's it took me a little bit to get into it but now that i'm into it i'm gonna i'm you know i'm gonna keep watching it and and uh, enjoy it for what it is and and now i can i can kind of see 
why it's got the devotion that it does. Because I can tell you, because that's super, Supernova, the last con we went to, I take pictures of, of cosplayers, and we actually interview cosplayers for NCP TV and, and stuff like that. And the amount of fins that are running, people dressed up as Finn, is ridiculous. Like, every fifth person is Finn, essentially. And I guess it made sense, because those people were there. Um, I've seen that. I've seen that at cons too, so I can second that. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah. So it's just. I mean, it's, I mean, it's an easy costume to sort of put together. Yeah, the Jake would be a little harder. Yeah, Jake would be a bit harder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's where you got to get really creative. Yeah, that's where you got to put a bit of effort into it. But uh, but you know, pins were just everywhere, and the the lines that these guys had. I mean, this con had. I mean, I've seen this before actually. I went to a con last year where uh, they had some voice talent from some cartoons there, and their lines were bigger than Patrick Stewart's lines. Which to oh, me yeah. is just madness, you know what I mean? But and I got to interview one of them, um, who was the voice of uh, Mario, and oh, he uh, was awesome, and he was awesome. <laughs> um, so, but then and then again at this con, they had the the lines Woo-hoo. for for Finn and and Jake, the voices of Finn and Jake, were just huge. They had to basically they had to fix it so that instead of just one line, it was basically three lines in like an S thing. It was just ridiculous, you know. And this con had people like Peter Mayhew. <laughs> there, you know wow. what I mean? And his line was big. Don't get me wrong; it was big, but it was nowhere near as big as these guys. So it's it's the fan base is just really there, and that's awesome. The amount of kids that were there, I love seeing. You know, just kids get really excited with this sort of thing, and those kids were so excited, and that's awesome. That's cool to see. So, Adventure Time. If if you're a weird person like me and you haven't seen it yet, then uh, I highly recommend that you do. More or less, most likely, you have actually seen it, and uh, and you enjoy it and. I understand why. So, um, I give this uh, three and a half out of five. And props to uh, Madman Entertainment, you guys are awesome. Who release Adventure Time on DVD and Blu-ray in, in Australia? They distribute Adventure Time here. Okay, so next up we've got Contest of Champions. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. I was really excited before during an interview, uh, Greg Ray, when you were talking about how you just you like that sort of that sort of experience, that comic shop experience where you sort of get to have conversations and stuff like that. So this is our segment where we do that exact same thing. We pit a character against another character. Uh, this for this particular instance, we're going to have Batman versus Boba Fett. Basically, it's a it's a connector to a previous episode where we actually had all the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back fight against each other. Um, the bounty hunter bounty hunter beatdown, I believe we called it. Um, and the winner of that, unfortunately, was Boba Fett. I didn't want him to win, but you know, yeah. logic dictated that he we did knew win. Fett was going to win. Come yeah, yeah. We, we tried to work it out so that he yeah. didn't, but it was just impossible. Yeah, yeah. He just he won. It's, it, it, it's, it's interesting <laughs> in these contests of champions because the characters tend to take over. Give these guys to have no control over. Yeah, the win. yeah. Exactly. We always have a plan going in, and then when we start talking about it, we're like, no, that doesn't work. Actually. <laughs> Damn it, he's going to win. <laughs> I wanted Dengar to win, and I did a whole heap of research to sort of find out what sort of Dengar... And Dengar in the comics, in the EU, he kicks a bit of ass. So I was like, this is possible. Yeah. Dengar could actually win this. But no, he got his ass handed to him. So Boba Fett was, was the winner, like we said. And so during that conversation, we were talking about people who could feat, you know, because Boba Fett always wins. But then we come up with the idea that Batman also always wins. He's always talked about as the superhero that always... He can beat anybody as long as he's got enough prep time. Y'all are really hurting me with this one. I hope y'all know that. <laughs> what do you, why? What do you I'm mean? I'm on the same side as you. What do you, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, my son comes in, you know, and I was sitting there saying, you know, you know which ones they're going to be talking about. And I said, we're going to have a who would win thing. Because we love yeah. those. I mean, who, who, who loves comics does not love those. Yeah. And so Brett said, oh, cool. You know, um, who's it going to be? I said, well, Boba Fett. And Brett goes, oh, Boba Fett will win. 
And I said, wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> and when I got the look on his on my face, he, his face sunk because he knew who I was going to say next. I said, Batman. Brett said, oh, man. They just need to outlaw Batman from these fights. <laughs> but go ahead. Oh, actually, I mean, Brett, please jump in, jump into this if you, at any point. If you've got anything to say, it'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, so, yeah he's not planned it. So. So, so it's Batman versus Boba Fett, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued just to see what's going to happen here. And uh, as all, as our regular listeners will know, I have a, always have a scenario. It's not as long as the scenario from the last one, which was which was pretty, you know, it's like a story all of its own. <laughs> but uh, So I've got a scenario to just set the fight up, and then once, I, once I've gone through that, well, then we'll just basically, we'll just go for it. Okay, so the scenario is, after being rejected by Batman once again, Ra's al Ghul seeks another worthy mate for his daughter Talia and finds the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy, Boba Fett. But first he will test his potential heir by ordering him to hunt and kill the Bat. Fett is unaware of Ra's ultimate plans for him and thinks this is just another job. But Talia chafes at this, because she's a very headstrong girl, Talia, as she loathes Be- uh, Boba Fett and loves the, uh, Batman, as we all know. So she secretly warns Batman of Ra's plan. The next day, Fett arrives in Gotham. The battle begins. So, so it's, as you would have noticed in that scenario, I've set it up so that Bat knows that Boba Fett's on his way, so he's got that, that, yeah. that mystical prep time. But Boba Fett, yeah. he's also had prep time. So they both have prep time. They both have all their weapons at their disposal. Hit it. Batman. Yeah, Batman. <laughs> I don't know how yet, but he does. <laughs> That's the quickest movie we've ever had. If it's a vote, we're all going for Batman. <laughs> it's not. It's not a vote. You've got to. You've got to be able to prove why Batman wins. Because he's Batman. <laughs> well, first let's talk about how similar. I am the knight. I'm Batman. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> Talk about how similar they are. They're both like uh, they're both somewhat detectives. I mean, I'm, I'm Batman obviously is, but Boba Fett. We also see evidence that he's kind of calculated and yeah. And uh, I mean, he's a bounty hunter. You know, yeah. he's no dog, but he's he's a bounty hunter. <laughs> Boba, Boba Fett's awesome. I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. no no doubt about it. When you know when Boba Fett came out and Empire Strikes Back, actually. During that hideous Star Wars Christmas specials where he made his first animated cartoon. Oh, I've got it both with riff tracks and without. And I dare you to watch it without riff tracks. Is there riff tracks in that? Yeah. But listen, when I was a little kid, all I wanted was a Boba Fett costume. I love Boba Fett. Yeah. I have Boba Fett statues all throughout my house. I love Boba Fett. Yeah, he's awesome. Batman. <laughs> gonna win. I, I'm telling you. I mean, you know, Batman is. Ta- uh, yeah, I mean, you, you've got. All right, Boba Fett. Yeah, you, I mean. Record goes without saying, but let's talk Batman. Hulk, the Superman, Predator, Predator Aliens, Aliens <laughs> you, you name it. The Android, you know, came in and defeated the, the uh, whole Justice League, and Batman just defeats him in two seconds. Yeah, I mean, yeah amazing. Don't, don't forget, he yeah, also amazing, made, yeah. he cheated death with uh, Darkseid. I mean, Darkseid yeah, shot, him, shot him with the Omega beams, and he still managed to live. Who, yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, he's Batman. I'm saying I don't know how <laughs> Brett, has, but he wins. You know, before we saw. This scenario, which is a very good scenario, by the way, kudos. Thank it's you. a really good team up. It, re- it really is. I Listeners mean, usually write in. Did, did a listener come up with this one? That was Brian. Right? Yeah, well, well Brian, <laughs> Brian mentioned it in the uh, in the last episode. In the episode that he was on. Oh, that's right. That's, yeah. Well, kudos. I mean, this 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 is really cool. But on our way down here, you know, my son and I, I mean, Brett and I were sitting there talking about it, and that's cool. uh, we were sitting there saying because that's one thing he said. He says, "Okay, you know, well, if Batman's prepared." 
Yeah. There's no way yeah. Fett can do anything. And then I got to thinking, and him and I came up with an alternate thing, that if Batman didn't, no one wasn't prepared. <laughs> he would still All right, well, let's, let's, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Batman is not prepared. Okay, you want to take it, Brett? Take it. I, I like to see both sides of this. Uh-huh. I was thinking, Batman not knowing who Boba Fett was, what yeah. kind of technology he had, Batman would still, from years of training, see him and be able to fight his way off to prepare later on. <laughs> okay, yeah, it yeah. It goes well, back to pre- preparation. preparation. And, and then another thing we said is Batman would assume and, and be able to know, because being a detective, yeah. that Boba Fett is not from Earth. Yeah, yeah. So Batman would go, okay, I haven't been able to prepare for this guy. But yeah. this guy's not used to Earth. So yeah. I'm going to use his unpreparedness against him. Therefore, Batman would be prepared and one-up him on that. I mean, yeah. he would use things here on the Earth that Boba Fett had no idea about. Well, no one, no one knows Gotham like Batman. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. And, you know, that, that's a very good point. You know, I got an idea. So I think you're right. He would be so prepared. Um, even if he knew that he couldn't beat Boba Fett himself. He would. I think he'd figure out a way to do it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Well, I like I like Brett's I like Brett's idea that uh, so we'll go with it. He's not prepared, but then once he sees him and sees that he's out, out, you know, from another planet or whatever, and sort of and can can you can tell what Boba Fett's all about just by looking at his suit. I mean, that pretty much tells the whole story about it. Agree. So he would so he would so you know he'd do whatever he does, you know, kick him in the head a few times, and then then go off and prepare. And then once you've got that preparation, and, and no one knows Gotham like he does, Boba Fett doesn't stand a chance. From my point of view, I, I only know Boba Fett from the movies, and correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't he get taken out by a near-blind Han Solo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Batman's got it all hands down. <laughs> we'll go, with, we'll go with EU Boba Fett, not just the movie Boba Fett. I, I go to see Jedi, and I'm sitting there, and I'm going, you know, in, in Empire, I'm like, man, Han, you know, Han's the coolest, man. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is going to be so great. Han's got his own villain now. Yeah. And Boba Fett rules. That's cool. All right, here comes Jedi, man. All it shows is Boba Fett. And the whole time, they're just keeping him low-key and yeah. short, size movements everywhere he goes. Fires up that jetpack, gets over there. I mean, he's you know taking on Luke, a Jedi. Everything's great. Also, Boba Fett. Boba Fett? Where? <laughs> and then off he goes into the Starlight. Yeah. Even George uh, Lucas regrets that now. He's actually he's, he's even said, "Look, you know, I didn't realize I just didn't realize just how popular he was." You know what I mean? I would have I would have treated I'll, him a little better. I'll, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Jar Jar's in almost three movies. <laughs> yeah, then he, yeah, then he puts Jar Jar on there. So I, I think that's just total lies, Lucas. You lied to yeah. our face. But I mean, I, I really want in Grand Turn of the Jedi. I really wanted a Boba Fett versus Luke fight. You know? Yeah, I did yeah, too. Cool. I, I did too. Yeah. And, and back to Lucas, I, I love Lucas, but let me tell you something. I guarantee you there's a lot of stuff that keeps him about those original movies that keeps him up now. <laughs> That's why he keeps messing with it. Yeah, I, I really, with Lucas, Lucas, I just find Lucas hilarious. It is, I love that, that when he sold Lucasfilm to Disney, which must have been a massive weight off his shoulders, you know what I mean? But the promo yeah. photo for that is just absolute brilliance, where it's basically it's got him holding a lightsaber with a whole bunch of Disney characters behind him wearing sort of Jedi robes and stuff and they're all sort of Star Wars-y and just the yeah. look on his face is is, is, is brilliant but it's basically it's basically kill me kill me now same <laughs> so look I had when I saw Jar Jar for the first time yeah. but anyway alright so, so back to the fight so it's so I think it's pretty much 
unanimous. I mean, I hate Boba Fett, so I'm glad <laughs> I want him to lose. <laughs> but, I love uh, Fett. Where's the love for Fett? Last, last I look, I said he was the, uh, or last time we did the Bounty Hunters, I said he was the, um, he was the Star Wars universe Wolverine. Yeah. I think he's the Star Wars universe Batman. I mean, he, like, yeah, he's really similar, really, if you think about it. He, I agree. He's in a lot of things. I agree. Brett was saying that all the way down. Of course, uh, you're sitting there talking about Dengar a minute ago, which is basically a, 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 a mummy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Dingo is just a, an old fat dude with a towel wrapped around his head. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, come on. You know. <laughs> That's why I wanted him to win. <laughs> it's like, the least like for the underdog. <laughs> I go for the underdog. <laughs> and Boba Fett, the thing about, I mean, when I, well, let me clarify, when I say I hate Boba Fett, I don't, I don't really hate him. He's cool. I mean, it's just, what I just don't like about him is that, I mean, he looks awesome, but he's just, he's like, he is the Star Wars' version of Batman. And, and so I just like him for the same reason that I, oh my God, controversy. I'm not that big a Batman fan. It's because he because he always wins. You know what I mean? It's like I want I want I want a bit of you know meat. You know what I mean? which is why I loved the Grant Morrison Batman stuff because he just he didn't always win. He's you know, you know I, I can I can I can totally agree with you on that because I, I think that with me uh, and why I'm so always pumped up by Batman is is not so much like if, if, if Batman was just running around being Batman. Yeah. You know uh, where are they? Batman, I'm Batman. You know, come back to my cave. Let me show you my cave. Um, but, you know... My, my is that a euphemism for something, Greg Bear? Yeah, no. This is a family-friendly podcast. PG-17 or above, please. <laughs> no, but ser- seriously, you know, the whole thing is, if it was just Batman running around, you know, winning all the time, I, I, I'd probably be in the same boat I am with Superman. Yeah. But his rogues gallery... Yeah. The villains, I've always oh, said... the best villains. I love Batman villains. Yeah. The, any hero is only as strong or as interesting as his darkest, worst villain. So it's uh, a pretty sure win for Batman. The Carolina Crippler Batman. says Batman, I say Batman because I don't want to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was already looking into buying a ticket to come over to Australia then. <laughs> You're more than welcome, but I'm not going to tell you where I live. No. We've <laughs> got about 14 hours to get away. <laughs> I mean, outside of the Carolinas, you yeah, say. Yeah, well, well, once you're out of the Carolinas, you know he's pretty much doomed. <laughs> hey man, we've got we've got spiders down here that have their own life bars. Yeah, it's, but you guys also have because I'm petrified of snakes. Yeah, I'm scared of yeah. death. I mean, that's the only thing on this planet that I'm scared of is snakes. And don't y'all have like eleven out of the top ten deadliest snakes <laughs> in the world? Down there? The yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the whole country's I mean, trying to kill snakes us. Snakes that we... run around with knives. Yeah. Machine guns. <laughs> we found one of them in our I mean, backyard last night. Yeah. yeah, we don't. Yeah. yeah, we don't have the deadliest snake in the world, but we do have then like numbers two to seven or something. But we also have all the anti-venoms, so um, no yeah. one's actually died from a snake bite since 1982. Yeah, I'd die if I saw one in the wild. Yeah, I don't know if you've been by. Off the show, I've been talking to David on World of Warcraft about how there's a there's a snake. I found a snake skin in my garage. Yeah, and. I just don't even feel like I need to go out there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's uh, so we're declaring victory for Batman, which is you know pretty pretty standard, I suppose. <laughs> I guess that was inevitable. Yeah, victory for Batman and snakes. Like, yeah. And snakes. Batman just throws a snake at Boba Fett and runs. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that was Contents of Champions. Thank you very much for that. And thanks for uh, Carolina Crippler for jumping in. That was good. Uh, next up, we've got Azerothian Times. Okay, so as of times, just, uh, just very quickly, I just want to mention a couple of things. 
Uh, we just we mentioned it earlier in the show, but Azeroth Choppers is uh, finally at the episode where they decide which bike to use. Uh, I personally don't give a crap, but I know Rose watched it. I defended it. Yeah, I defended <laughs> it, and I told you that you shouldn't be so uh, thumbing your nose up at it. But <laughs> you, I haven't watched a single episode since I said that. So oh, I guess well, I there kinda, you go. I kind of got over it, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's a terrible show. Uh, the uh, Blizzard have released a, a bunch of uh, Crash Course play guide videos which are for designed for people who have just bought a level 90 essentially so it, basically all they are is they're, they're on youtube is they're just short clips on how to use the base abilities of each class which is basically which is yeah. what is already in the game anyway so it's basically it's for people who can't be bothered reading what's in the game already <laughs> it shows you in a video um and people, people it's, it's caused a bit of controversy because of this whole you know anti instant level 90 thing which i can totally understand yeah. we've talked about it Heaps of times, so we won't go over it again. But also yeah. uh, in the fact that it, also, it doesn't show you all the possible specs. It only shows you, like the Hunter one, for example, only shows you uh, survival. Su- survival. Uh, next up, we've got... I finally got my Ashes of Allah. I've been trying to get an Ashes of Allah for like a year. And not in a serious way. No, I mean, I'm not going to rant about it like I do with the uh, the Dark Moon Fair and my, my Dark Moon Eye, which I still haven't got, and Blizzard, I swear... I'm going to come down there and talk to you if I don't get one soon. Um, but uh, an Ashes of Light, it's like every weekend, I'll just just for fun, I'll jump into the eye and uh, and do a, you know do a couple of runs and see what happens and yeah whatever. And then the other day, my my, my last run actually, I, I did a I did a raid with Bo and, and our guild, and uh, I thought oh, I'll do one more run of the eye just just before I, I sign off and bang I got it and I was like sweet and to be honest wasn't that excited but um you know that's pretty cool. <laughs> but. Uh, also, uh, I, I mean, I thought this was going to go a bit a bit longer, but uh, I mean, I won't bore you with all the full details. But really exciting is that Wallers of Draenor Alpha patch notes are now available, uh, so you can yeah. see what's going to come up in the Wallers of Draenor expansion. And my God, there is some cool stuff in there. Uh, it's it's so much stuff though. Oh, it's so much stuff, and it's it's yeah. it's for me, it's revitalized my interest. I mean, we've talked about it before about how. My interest in Warcraft has has just greatly lagged. I mean, my indifference at getting the Ashes of Allah mount will give you an idea of just how indifferent I've become to it. But it's this the the stuff that they're playing for this expansion. It's like a whole new game, and uh, I mean, I, I just cannot wait for it. I mean, I I don't, I don't hate any of the class changes. It doesn't do anything to my character that I care about. Mainly because I don't play PvP, so I'm not that fussed. But some PvPers are a bit upset about it. But it introduces... Only jocks play PvP. Yeah. <laughs> no nerds play PvP. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody nerds. No, but uh, but you get. I mean, you get, I mean, the the garrisons and and just you know the stuff that they've done and the the environments and the graphical enhancements and you know it just it's just I'm very very excited. You you what about you, Bo? Yeah, I'm really excited about what's coming out. But I've kind of been the opposite of you. I went through a phase a few weeks ago where I was hardly playing. But I think every day this week I've I've played. Um, a different character. Like I've got different things going on on different characters, but um, I'm actually playing too much. I haven't painted, so I haven't painted anything since not this last time I went to XCon, but the time before that I went to the beach. That was the last time I painted something. Was so I, I actually I need to lay off of it a little. I shouldn't have played all week, but the weekend's made for a while, you know. <laughs> this guy. So yeah, so we'll put a we'll put a link to the to the patch notes in the in the show notes, and of course you can just go to you know. Uh, battlenet.com and, and check it out but uh, I, you know uh, if you're in, even slightly interested in World of Warcraft you got to give it a read because it's fascinating stuff it's 
Crystal shaking her head because she just doesn't give a crap. So let's move on. <laughs> That's probably our shortest Azerothian terms. Uh, next up, we've got Coming Soon. In Australian cinemas on June 5th, we get The Fault in Our Stars, which is uh, based on a, a teen novel about a young girl who's dying of uh, cancer or something like that. She's dying of something. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, she falls in love with a boy and you know, basically her last days and, and how she you know, lives her life and stuff. It looked actually looked pretty interesting. I, I thought it looked, looked quite cool. Uh, the Edge of Tomorrow, which is uh, our good friend Tom Cruise's latest uh, movie. Originally titled All You Need Is Kill. Really? The original title? That was the original title, All You Need Is Kill, which sounds like a bad 80s action film. I don't know. It's, it does, yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, they changed it to wow. Edge. Yeah, with Nazis. So Earth's been invaded... And basically, essentially, humanity's been wiped out, and this guy relives the same day, Groundhog style, over and over again, basically learning new stuff as he goes in, in order to stop the invasion and, and the destruction of the planet. I, I'm not too sure exactly wow. how it works. Actually kind it's of, a bit weird. Yeah. It reminded me a bit of that book we reviewed. Game Slaves. That's it. Yeah, Game, Game Slaves. Slaves. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's, it's basically source code slash Groundhog Day slash... Tom Cruise's teeth. I don't know. It's, it's you know, it's, it's one of those things. But I'm interested. I want to say it. Uh, we also and we also get Grace of Monaco, which uh, is you know Australia's own Nicole Kidman trying to be Grace Kelly and failing miserably. And uh, <laughs> I don't think that's her fault. I think she just because her face is so famous as Nicole Kidman, it's hard for, to put her in Grace Kelly's shoes. So people are not happy about this film, and uh, you know, as, as usual, it happens with biographies. It's you know it's like oh it didn't really happen that way and you know well, it's well of course it didn't happen that way <laughs> it's fiction <laughs> so anyway uh, and uh, U.S. cinemas Bo I'm probably saying this completely wrong and I'm not trying to make a pun but Citizen Cock K O C H that Koch Koch we have a t- we have a uh, TV personality called David Koch I don't think he pronounces it Koch. oh that's a good point actually that's a good point what is it you ever made him call him that? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Koch, well, please. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it looks boring as hell. A citizen of Koch, um, we'll go with. We have um, Edge of Tomorrow also coming out. Um, we have uh, The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> and then the last one, Obvious Child. Cool. Well, let's, uh, uh, let's finish up. You can hear more of Bo on ECN Radio at... ECNRadio.com And you can hear both of us on UndercastNetwork.com uh, and uh, which you know, of course has ECN, NCP, Film Flams, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Talk the walk and stuff. We mention it every episode, so surely you know about it by you now. You should know. You yeah. should know by now. <laughs> and uh, and uh, once again, just uh, thanks to uh, Greg, Greg Bo for being on the show, and uh, and of oh, course, it was and my Brett. pleasure, guys. And uh, it's you can see if you want to see uh, any of Greg's work, um, and if you don't, you're a fool because it's awesome stuff. Uh, it's, you can see thank he's got he's got he's got a, he's got a huge web uh, web presence, Gregbo. It's awesome. You've got oh, gregbo.com, gregbo.tumblr.com, gregbo.deviantart.com, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Yeah, don't worry if you yeah, said that too Facebook, fast. We'll put them in the show notes. Yeah, we'll, we will put that in the show notes. It's uh, awesome. it's check out his work. I was I mean I, I was on there this morning. I really love that Alice in Wonderland um, sort of print thing that you did. The oh, digital thank artwork. You so much. This looks awesome. I love uh, Alice in Wonderland. Is one of my favorite books of all time. And uh, just, oh, I yeah. know this is such a classic. Oh, it's brilliant, brilliant stuff, and it just lends itself to just so much artistic interpretation. And 
and uh, you know, I really, I really get into it. And that picture is is really, really awesome. Six looks. Thank you so much. Yeah, six looks. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So check check out Greg Bro's work. Like you said, he's uh, he makes a lot. If you're in the United States, and since fifty five percent of our audience is from the United States, which is bloody awesome. Nice. Yeah, fifty five percent of our audience is comes from America. The second was Great Britain. And then it was Australia. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Well, see, in Australia, we sort of we sort of say to ourselves, we get enough of Australians. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing we want to hear is more Australians. <laughs> so, yeah. You know so what's funny, though? It seems like, it seems even on ECN, it seems like we get more response from Australians, though. Oh, there you go. That's cool. That's I think like... they're nicer. Yeah. <laughs> Australia, awesome. If we do say so ourselves. But, uh, so, if, so if, you, if, if you are actually American, go check oh, out. yeah. <laughs> uh, check out Greg Bro at his, at his con appearances um, so as we said he's going to be at MonsterCon uh, this July uh, so you know check him out meet, meet the man in person he's awesome I wish I, I wish I could do it as well and uh, Greg he does commissions as well so if you want a commission hook him up on uh, one of the, on his website what's the best way to contact you for a commission Greg Bro? Uh, you know just uh, via email probably you know I'm yeah. independent I mean you know where they're where they're located in the world because I, I I do commissions and whatnot for people all over the planet, so cool. You know, just let me know. Awesome. It's been a blast hanging out with you guys. Ah, oh, cool. That's it. Thanks, man. It's been, yeah, it's it's been, been really cool. Cool. That's it. So that's the show. Thank you from me and the crew, Bo. Tom Cruise's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal. Hey, weren't you blind a minute ago? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, special guest Greg Bo. Where www.nerdculturepodcast.com And email Feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com Facebook Facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast Twitter At nerdculturecast You can also Skype us uh, on nerdculturepodcast And you can rate and review us on iTunes And subscribe to the podcast and don't forget, we also have our Amazon affiliate widget on our website that uh, you can go, use to go through and purchase things through Amazon uh, with your own with your own account. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but we get a, a, a slice of the profits and um, a very small slice, but a slice nonetheless. It makes uh, us happy, and uh, which you know helps us uh, produce the show and uh, various other stuff. But also, it's just it's awesome. So if uh, if you could use that, that would be awesome. And thank you for listening.